Welcome to the first episode of Most of Musa podcast. I'm your host Musa. And today in the studio I have my good friend Linus. Linus actually sent me the first podcast I ever listened to. I can't remember it was either Jocko or Jordan. I think it was Jocko. But how did you find out about Jocko? You never told me. Hello, first of all, I'm very honored to I'm really honored Musa to be uh, the first guest. And I first uh, two weeks ago or something you asked me if I wanted to do the podcast and I couldn't. And I thought surely I'm not going to be the like I mean there's more people that you can talk to. More oh yeah. Typically. Yeah, be closer <laughs> to you. And then no, but then and then you saved the first first episode spot for me man. I'm highly honored. And yeah, I I think I mentioned I think I sent to you the first thing I sent to you I think was like the the Jocko Willing podcast, but I might have sent like some clips from Joe Rogan before. Mm, maybe. But yeah, I remember because uh, we had like we were away from each other for a long time because I lived in two different countries mm. and we were back here in Sweden. Yeah, you kind of disappeared after our exam, yeah. the IB exam. Yeah, that was that was like yeah. I disappeared directly after the last exam. Uh went to Spain, but I remember you would always keep posting things on Instagram, like all kinds of stories, and I would just kind of relate to the story. I mean, not 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 to everything, but I something like I'm we're in the same wavelength and then also like you were posting some like existential stuff. <laughs> And we, you and me would have like late night. Uh, do you remember? Like sometimes I just like message you, like I yeah, react yeah. to your story, be like ah, oh, something, something. Yeah, yeah. And then we just end up talking like three a.m. We just like have this like random conversations about politics and environment or whatever. And then uh, I remember somehow we got to talking about like life purpose. And then I sent you first Jocko, and then David Goggins. Mm. Now you're here making your own. <laughs> Now I'm here staying hard. <laughs> staying hard. But how did you find out about Jocko? like just through some friends or just like scrolling through internet um i think first he would he would pop up on my recommended and i would just remember like that tough guy with the black and white uh, camera like super hardcore and i never like i never really bothered to check it out until i got until i met someone who mentioned it and then i started checking it out and i'm like i've listened to like one or two episodes back to back and i was like okay it's some uh, this is good Like good stuff, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember when you first sent me. I still remember the night was like late at night. I was laying on my bed, and we both decided like you got me hyped up, and then I think we both decided okay, we're gonna wake up super early in that morning. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, I, I don't think we did. No, <laughs> waking up early part is hard. But I remember that. Yeah, the the hit forget the snooze button video I sent you or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I mean listening to Jocko and Jordan kind of really helped me. I kind of gave me like uh like I you already know I'm been depressed most of my life. <laughs> yeah, man, and everybody has. And Jordan is a very weird person because at one point he's this controversial figure and the left always blames him and calls him a Nazi and stuff, but the other on the other hand, if you watch his YouTube videos, everything is everything about like all his lessons are talking against nazism and how to not go in that direction yeah uh, for sure no that's it's a very weird thing going on with jordan and uh, i i meet people like and you it's like it's a it's quite a the debate is like the uh, i don't even know how to formulate it but it's it's kind of based on what like a group of people you're into kind of so most young guys are like young we're getting old pretty quickly mm-hmm. aren't we <laughs> no but i mean most guys in our age they just go online listen to podcasts and things like that we all like everyone that i meet on that end they always like him for what he says 
and they never have a problem. Like, oh, they, they never really seem to have a problem with misunderstanding. It's always like you, you can pull up this quote that he said, you can, you've watched his lectures and things like that. And then there seems to be a whole side of people that don't really live on that like podcast side of things. They don't really listen to different creators. They don't like, they kind of maybe have their news outlet. They have maybe a YouTuber that they watch, but they don't really get into th that side of things. And there seems to be some news outlets or podcasts or people that are spreading like snippets of info. And it's kind of mm -hmm. weird because they think they will literally think that Jordan Peterson is like the word, like one of the most evil people. Yeah, he's a trans alive. big yeah. transphobe, homophobe, or whatever. Worse, no, even worse that he has, there is like some huge conspiracy going on and he's like a part of it. And it, where does that come from? It's super weird. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. I think he has such a strong base because like he has actually saved life. I can say he, he played a big role in like me not committing suicide, like the advice he gave me. So he has such a strong base. And when you hear people say, oh, he's such a bad person. And then a person like me who's hearing that argument, he's like, but he saved my life. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, yeah. And I feel I can relate to, as you said, the lie about depression. I think that's an, another topic we can get into. It's like, have you noticed the young, like how depressed the young cultures are, especially like our generations are? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's nothing new. It's not like, I mean, when you said that you've been depressed your whole life, it's like, that shouldn't be something. most of my life. Uh, yeah, as long I mean, as I can remember, I yeah, think I've been, yeah. It's same as well, like dealing with similar issues. And it doesn't surprise me. You know, it's like if you said that to a person like 50, 100 years ago, they might not even really know what you're talking about. And nowadays it's like, oh, yeah, I'm depressed. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, regular, mm -hmm. regular day, regular me. Yeah, yeah. And I think that Peterson with his with everything he talks about is, uh, I mean, he himself is a, like, is a person that suffered a lot. And I think you can connect with that. Cause like, you know, he starts crying in a lot of like, yeah, I've seen that. And then yeah, like, yeah. you look at what happened with him, like the last few years with the, like, uh, with the benzo addiction. And it's like, it's people are like, making fun of him. I was yeah, like, no, it's horrible. his wife has cancer. That's why he's yeah. taking medicine and no, people no, are making I, fun I of him. I don't even think that there's a point in finding a, so like talking shit and, uh, oh yeah, by the way, can I swear on the podcast? Yeah, yeah, awesome. I guess so. <laughs> I just need to, I guess, post a discretion thingy. Yeah. I'll try not to swear. But the thing is like, whenever I watch his content, I think the reason why he's very successful with that crowd of people that are looking for meaning is, it seems like he's been through more suffering than the people that he's trying to help, kind of. Have you noticed that? Like he has, like he comes from experience and it's not not in like a way that oh he's been a psychotherapist and he's just de uh, treated a lot of people with depression it's like no there was there's a few interviews when or one question when he's at his computer and somebody mm -hmm. asks like a question about suicide and depression and things like that and he kind of like loses his breath and he says oh this this one clo uh, cuts close to the bone like if it, it almost seems like a lot of people have been suffering through depression or suicide and alcoholism and jordan himself has gotten out of alcoholism i mean interesting dude definitely <laughs> definitely i don't know there is some things that i like in me in my ideology would go like against against him and like some things that i wouldn't like but i mean i really can't find a single like yeah yeah i can't find a single argument for why you would dislike the man mm -hmm. like i really i mean Sure, maybe your political ideology or like the meat diet, things like these details. But I mean, if you listen to a podcast, a long podcast of his, find something negative that he's trying to do or something malicious. I think you might might yourself be a part of something evil yeah. and malicious, you know. Nobody's perfect. And then like you can listen to a person 
and then take the good things out of the uh, out of their ideology, out of their words. You don't necessarily have to absorb everything and believe in everything that oh, they're yeah. talking about. That's one hundred, and that's something that I do a lot, man. I I, I love to to get in with the, or like not to get in, but to listen to people that are extremely on the fringes. I like discussing politics with people that are so far gone, and, <laughs> and not even not even in like a not even like a agree disagree debate way. But I, sometimes I'll be like on a Discord chat with like really messed up people. And I'm talking like either left to the point where they think that we should put people to the wall and shoot them or like right wing to the point where we and I like to just talk to them and just like so like what do you think about that what do you think about that and I don't know just going down on the human level talking to like extreme people and it's very uh, yeah I'm very curious like that as well I want to talk to people and then figure out how they're thinking this thing and where did they develop how did they develop these arguments and ideologies I don't find a hard time finding how. It's very. It's usually very simple to find h- how they developed those ideas. <laughs> like uh, they went on this part of the internet, or their parents were this way, therefore they turned to something. But to me, something that's interesting. I talk when you talk to people on on different kinds of extremes, man. Like on like very radical extremes, where they're talking to like extreme vegans that are on the street protesting with like a crowd that I know a little bit mm-hmm. then we're talking to like extreme right-wing people uh, extreme left-wing people and more than not like when you go down to their level and you're not just trying to cause some kind of debate and not use the like basic arguments to like bash them and destroy their point it's interesting to me that you can like they're more similar than you'd think it's we meet two centrists like people are in the center that has have a regular job they have no like weird opinions they're going to be more different to each other than when you meet like the guy on the extreme mm-hmm. right and the guy on the extreme left and then you talk to them and it's like they have these they have this like facade of like beliefs that they are fighting over but then when you really get to talk to them for like a longer extended you realize like you guys are like not as different <laughs> as you think like there is a few fundamentals but at the end of the day they kind of they kind of need a they're both the same like, mm-hmm. in the way they're looking for a community and uh, attaching to s- quite extreme belief systems. Yeah. But I always find the uh, extreme belief systems, man, it's something that I always find interesting. You need to add me into those Discord servers. Oh, <laughs> the, the, the spicy memes. Yeah, I will. Yeah, yeah, Going back to like this generation being depressed, I was listening to another podcast. It's called Philosophize This. And he, got, uh, he picks up like a small topic and talks about it for like 10 minutes, 20 minutes. And he was discussing that like right now how everything is being pushed to like an individualistic point of view like people need to have individualistic rights and we're going far away from being a community like people are moving away from religion in a way and then you're like people are becoming more independent the more independent you become the more responsibility you have of your your the more responsibility you have from the decisions you've made in your life if you're like religious for example if you're like a religious person if something bad happens, you can say, oh, it was fate or it was God or whatever th- this thing happened. I'm going to take it as that and I'm going to move on. But if you don't believe in anything and you have this individualistic kind of view, then you can you have to blame everything on yourself, like all of your decisions. And then when oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're like kind of atheistic view of uh, yeah. non. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we're becoming more independent in, in like an individual is becoming more prominent as we have our own individual profile on each social media and we're putting out our own views and everything. Each and every person's life is like under a microscope and all the decisions in your life are your own decisions instead of, oh, this is like my family views, this is my my religious I don't know if that makes any sense yeah no it makes it makes total sense but I think have you noticed a thing about like the, this topic the death of religion in a way and it's 
it's kind of weird because in the modern, like, more on the front line sense of things, religion is dying. Like the major religions, like like the traditional sense of Christianity, traditional sense of Islam. Like I think there there may be more. Is it even growing? I don't even know the statistics, but it feels like more and more people are becoming on the religious side, are becoming more and more moderate. Therefore, they're becoming less. And like at the end, like it seems like it's kind of like a curve. And at the end of the curve, you just kind of don't care or don't believe in God mm-hmm. or adopt something, some other ideology. But then on the other end, I'm personally noticing so many people that find God in a in a different kind of way and sometimes not even in a different kind of way like not in a semi or like a pseudo religion but i've noticed a lot of especially people in our age and personally like a subgroup of culture that i'm like i know a bunch of young dudes like young males in the age of like 20 that's like sort of most of my friends are like that's the group that i know the most and i've been noticing like especially in the west in europe like a rise of a weird occult form of christianity mm-hmm. it's like all these kids that i grew up around or like knew from when i was 14 or even older like younger they would never it was like god was never a discussion it was never their family was never um, like religious they never had traditions they never went to church they were never they never read any religious book but then they hit their 20s and sort of this like doomer meme, like meaninglessness life hits upon them when they kind of finish school. They maybe enter a useless degree. Maybe they don't enter a degree and they don't really have a further purpose in life. And then suddenly I'm noticing like old friends of mine that I haven't talked to in years coming back and they go into like the Bible or like deep into another religion. Like I haven't met many people that go deep into Islam, but that's because I'm from Europe. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure that my and I've noticed that on YouTube, a lot of YouTubers that have been like active for a long time that have like Muslim roots, sort of young guys that lost the connection with their culture and their like former religion of their forefathers sort of go back to it. And usually they go back in a more <laughs> hardcore way than like the, your great granddad. Mm-hmm. So like these Christian guys that used to be completely atheist, now they believe in demons and like exorcism. And like now they're, they're living in a world where like where they look outside the window and they just see like the battle between Satan and God and like the forces of good and evil. And it goes mm-hmm. from... It goes from one day you're out, like, just being a regular 20-year-old partying, like, whatever, and then in, like, a week's time, boom, like, he's all in it. And some of them are, like, I personally am kind of not, not like, religious is such a bad word, like, spiritual. Yeah, I know, like, uh, you seem like an atheist, but then I know you're not an atheist. You, yeah, yeah, you're very spiritual. Yeah, I try, no, I don't even want to try to define my own spirituality, but I've always been into it. And like whether that's Buddhism, that was like my first, like, I mean, born as a Catholic and into that stuff. But then I have a, like, I'm quite spiritual and religious as a person. But then when a guy that's never talked about God comes out to me, looks me straight in the eye, like, honest, like, not even lying. And he tells me things that, like, scare me, like, like <laughs> about how religious you can be. And I'm like, damn, dude, like, you got you to mm-hmm. tone it down a little bit. I don't know. I think religion is a really important subject now today. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I think human beings inherently want to find like a purpose to their life. And especially like you're talking about how people convert in their 20s. I think when they're going through like their teenage phase, uh, you kind of become rebellious. And if you're brought up in a religious family, like myself as well, when you're brought up in a religious environment from the beginning, you're just following the customs and everything. And if something bad happens to you, then you say, okay, that's because of the religion, not because of my circumstances. And when you're going through that teenage phase, like late teenagers, you kind of like have some independence. So you or you say, oh no, um, I've been following my parents or the society, whatever, you become kind of that, that's kind of like a rebellious stage. So you... 
yeah. you go away from that. But then in your 20s, when you're kind of like an adult, I can't believe that you then you realize, okay, they've been. It seems like there's a, a stage of over extending to that falling back. So first, like you're born, let's say, take a typical example of like you were born in a like more traditional Muslim family. I was born in like more traditional Catholic family. Mm-hmm. So first you're all with it. You're all a part of it. Like you're a little kid, you know, you're just being a good kid. Then there's the stage of like questioning in teenagehood and denial and you start like denying and arguing with your parents. And then maybe you, you have some self-development and there's that like stage of re-adopting your like old beliefs. Mm-hmm. Like you, you have this whole journey, especially, and then you go back. And usually the people that go back, like people that were Catholic, then atheist, and then go back to Catholicism, they go back with a bang, like <laughs> Catholic to the point where it's like freaky, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like they're, they're like, uh, I don't know, they like live at the church or whatever. And it, and also that's also a stage. Because they're going back on in their own terms, not because someone forced them to. I don't know if that's the reason why it's a stage, but it, uh, I just feel like people forget that we all go through like major stages. And that's something about myself that I've noticed, like the number of like, you know, when you identify a person like, oh, he's a socialist or he's a Muslim or he's a, a capitalist or he's a national socialist. It's like I've lost track of how many of those <laughs> you could put me into. Yeah, like in the yeah. beginning, Like in the beginning, I would identify myself as this. And like just through the course of high school, like the number of definitions that I like liked and would identify myself as like just fades. All of these things at the end of the day kind of seem to fade. And I get annoyed at people that catch like a new trend or like mm-hmm. they catch a new thing and they act as if this is like the this is the final like this is this is it like mm-hmm. we found it and they stick with it and i think a much more mature way of looking at things is to be like i mean well i did think this two years ago and now i'm like 180 against it so it's like the only thing i really have is like a moral compass and other than that like man it's just like changing socks man <laughs> tomorrow i'm gonna call me the day after that <laughs> I mean, you look like a skinhead. <laughs> you know, people have told me that it's fucking annoying. Like, I, re- I found uh, I found Omegle again. You know, Omegle, the old. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, like, I went. There was a. I just didn't have anything to do. I was at home. I was like, fuck. Let's go on Omegle. I go on Omegle, and like, uh, it's actually I met some really in- like you would think that it's just dicks, but it's not at all. Not at all. I was but gonna like, say this. So, I, I, sure, of course, there's. Now the whole dick problem on Omegle has gotten much, much better. Like there's almost no. Like there are more one, dicks one now. In, one in twenty. <laughs> no, one in twenty is uh-huh. like a dick. But uh, I met some interesting people. But then a lot of people, they like. I turn on my camera and they go like, "You look like a racist." Like, <laughs> like come on, like just because I have short hair and I'm like a European doesn't mean I'm a Nazi. <laughs> They, that reminds me there was like a video circulating like a month ago there was like an Asian girl Swedish Asian girl and she was going on Omegle and then these like other kids they were coming on when they would see her face they would start like uh, like calling her racist terms was she streaming it or what? Was she, she was recording her video uh, Omegle chats and like people were saying like v- very racist things like related to Asian people whatever and this was doing the rounds and people were having like oh this is so bad uh, people children shouldn't say that to each other or whatever what i was thinking my mind works like this i was thinking how many dicks did she have to edit out of the video <laughs> <laughs> actually you'd be surprised how little like, yeah was, yeah it, yeah when i when i used back, to go back in the day back like, in the day, yeah, back in the day <laughs> when, we, when you were when you were like a kid and you would go on omegle to like mm-hmm. i remember when when i was a kid we, and it's, it's kind of horrible like uh, that's another thing i want to follow this up with but you would turn it on and it would be like every second or third would be like a perv online but yeah now, 
it seems like I don't know the whole perp scene on Omegle has died, or that Omegle has a very good way of like filtering out the bullshit and reporting system. Yeah, I guess the mod moderation so, has yeah, gotten something better. Something that scared me about Omegle was that there's a lot of uh, people that go. So there's a lot of people that go there to discuss like politics and mm -hmm. trigger each other. So there's a lot of people on the different sides of the spectrum, like that try to trigger each other and just be as offensive as possible. Mm -hmm. There's these guys like. Uh, the so guy that wears like the clown yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff and they go and just say race like just scream racist shit and the point isn't to like to prove or change anyone's opinion the point is to just get a reaction kind of mm -hmm. and the same thing i noticed like i go under the vegan hashtag yeah and like i'm not even like i just put it in because i know it's kind of funny like these like more controversial topics create like controversial matches that you will get mm -hmm. on there but then there will be just a bunch of people that are like eating like deer or whatever like on cam like so and he's it's like, I'm not offended at all, but I yeah. see what he's trying to do. Yeah, he goes yeah. on the vegan hashtag eating a steak, like on in HD. You trying know, to like, trigger people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I'll be going through people, and sometimes you'll meet some idiots, you'll meet some really, really cool people that you'd be like, shit, I just had like a very wholesome, long-term <laughs> discussion. But just like this podcast, yeah. with a, a random person that just like said, oh yeah, you know what, let's just like go on this website. Mm -hmm. and it's, it's Sometimes it's a bit profound. But the thing that scared me is like one time I'm like going through and then a five-year-old girl pops on and I'm not I'm not even joking like a five-year-old girl like you know there's kids that are like 12 14 that are like they, they have access to the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know they're kind of they're already a little bit of assholes so they're kind of they're telling you like they're screaming at you yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. but then I'm like clicking and this is like it's a child and I'm talking like a toddler <laughs> and I'm like do your parents know you're on here it's like yeah so like some kids parents that think that it's appropriate to like put your five to six year old child mm -hmm. on Omegle alone mm -hmm. with no supervision and just like let them absorb all like and the thing is Omegle is such a like you know the internet trickles down like all the crap just trickles down and like sites like Omegle just like is like the net that they just <laughs> like a lot of juicy a lot of juicy bullshit that is very funny to you and me yeah yeah but a kid? Yeah, a kid. I don't think that like I mean like I don't mind you know it's like, I don't want to ban it, but I really don't think that kids should be introduced to that. It's way, way too messed up. So now instead of showing dicks, people are just being dicks on Omega. Yeah, no, being dicks major. And I've done it myself. It's really funny, like to being a dick on Omega. Yeah, like, yeah. Like to yeah. go on Omega and to trigger people and also like people do stream it. So you <laughs> go on, on Discord and you put on a stream. And then you people are telling in your chat are telling you what to say. I mean, mm -hmm. it's very fucking childish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's so immature, but I mean, it is very funny to trigger mm -hmm. people but because people take themselves very seriously. They go on Omegle and they think that they have they're gonna prove a point or yeah. whatever. Convince like, someone else yeah, to join their, their, their group. Cause or yeah, whatever. like dude, this is, this is like the internet, man. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> Maybe we can go to in so many different directions in this lane on this topic, but I wanna. Um, talk about social media and how you're, you're kind of like off social media, kind of in a way, not like you're kind of off in Instagram, off. Facebook. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I deleted all social media twice. And then first I deleted it during high school. Mm -hmm. Like basically did like a social suicide and like no Facebook, no Insta, no Snapchat, nothing. Never had Twitter. I mean, we're not in America. So it's not really, yeah. it's not really relevant. And it worked really good. But then when I, I reached a certain point and people around me were telling me like, I mean, you, sh you have to get it because you will miss out. And it was kind of like a professional choice for like a job and things like that. But then at the end, I found that it's, it's like very useless mm -hmm. in a way. And then I deleted it again. Yeah, now I know. I've been, I've been off. All mm -hmm. of the sites for months now, 
Um, you feel a difference? No, that's the thing. Or I mean, I feel a better difference. Like there is a dopamine craving because it gives you a dopamine craving. Mm -hmm. So like the first few days, like I sometimes you're on the train and you just pull your phone out and you're looking for something and you're like, oh, what, what was I looking for? Well, and then you realize like you were going to pull up Instagram and all you were going to do was just scroll through some. And the thing is, you have to be honest with yourself. Most of the shit on your Instagram feed is useless. Most of the shit on your Facebook feed is complete trash. It's mm -hmm. like I would notice that I'm scrolling through pictures of mountains, pictures of like maybe my friend posting something. And it's like at the end of the day, it's it's all irrelevant. And then mm -hmm. the only the only argument I had for myself was like, well, there's these like job sites, you know, like on Facebook where you can get a job. There is all, all kinds of like rent an apartment. You can be a part of society. You can get to marketplace. You can rent an apartment, find a job, like all kinds of these like community outreach things that you can achieve only worked once for me. It only mm -hmm. worked once for me to get a job as a, like in the moving company. Mm -hmm. And it, it was it wasn't like it was it was all cool. And the people that were on it cool. But for me to justify wasting like so many hours of the day, I've looked for work and apartments on Facebook and sites like that multiple times. And to only have one success in like 50 or 100 tries doesn't justify like leaking my identity. And also what the thing with Facebook is people have access to you all the time. Yeah, it's like also like people can just message you with their trouble or whatever on Facebook all the time, and it's not it's not like for example if you and me are working and we we do work together, and if like if you bother me with something, you're in the like top five to ten people that have the right to like hit me up, mm -hmm. while, like and actually cause a problem. But now when you have five hundred Facebook friends, some people have ten thousand Facebook friends. All of those people have a right to just disturb you, like just send you a message. Not the right, but the access the to. Access, yeah, yeah, yeah. You give them the right. You yeah. give them the privilege of just like messaging you. And now you're going to be going through your day and you're going to have to like address someone's opinion. Which, and the negative <laughs> side of it is that I lose some people that I haven't had contact with in a long time. But is it... It's like, is it really worth it? I don't know. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm exploring this myself and I feel a little bit guilty because I have a lot of friends in different countries that I haven't, I haven't had contact with in a long time. And Facebook would be the means mm. to have contact with them. But is it worth it? Because, I mean, they can always, I have other means of accessing me just mm. because I don't regularly update a feed or a story. Mm -hmm. it's, it's weird because I'm a little bit of an outcast in that sense, but I really don't feel like I'm missing anything on Instagram mm. or Facebook. It feels like, I mean, I haven't missed a thing. Like, really, I've been updated. I've been yeah, with yeah, everyone. Yeah. I've been everywhere. And, like, everybody who needed, really needed to contact me found yeah. a way to contact me. It's never been an issue. So, so it feels like it's very trivial. And if there is important information going around, like some important topic, you just found out through your friends or people yeah, just yeah, talking no, to people. Sure. And there is, I mean, like, arguably, the, the worst information is circling in uh, Facebook <laughs> and Instagram. <laughs> That's like the that's like the worst info you can get. Yeah, but I'm a really big advocate of schools should have like a necessary subject to teach kids about how to navigate social media. Oh, you're entering into a very complicated subject here. Yeah, because I really want kids, uh, especially when I see. I think our age, we kind of grew up without social media. We kind of got it like late in our teenage teenage yeah. years. But well, now we were, we were the generation that got it introduced on a massive yeah we know through our upbringing it came along yeah we know about a life before social media while my sister who's like 14 15 now like she, she her whole life is on social media right now yeah no it's it's a really complicated subject and it's something our generation is have, gonna have to deal with mm. 
is that especially I don't know if you are considering having kids in your life. But no, like, you know, <laughs> no. I I don't know if I'll ever have kids, but I I sometimes just think about it like the job of a parent, and especially now with social media, becomes a lot harder because imagine this: you have a kid. And especially this actually affects, as far as I've understood, this affects girls a lot more than it does guys. Yeah, yeah. Like social media, like the whole like social presence and like your presence on social media, how how people perceive you, the comments you get, the attention you get, and it seems very like it's very to- a very toxic environment for as like for a young person to be. That's it connects to the topic of depression we were talking about nowadays. With social media, I don't even know where I'm going with this. Yeah, I mean, well, wait, uh, let me finish. <laughs> you can wait. yeah find your train of thought. No, that was what I was thinking about. When when you're having kids, so you don't want your you don't want to be the the parent that like is the fascist and like keeps your kids locked inside and like yeah. doesn't give them anything mm-hmm. like because at the end that's never productive. Your kids are gonna be outsiders. They're gonna have like the worst. They're parents. gonna still do it. Not, just not, yeah, when you're not you're looking. Gonna, you, regardless of that that implants trauma and distrust and now suddenly you're like the enemy of your kid and yeah. you're not letting them participate in like the normal things that people do so now you become like the radical mm-hmm. uh, catholic family on the block that's like you know you have dressing in all black and just white and nothing else whilst if you give your kid an ipad when he's three just to like just to give him something yeah, to entertain yeah, yeah. himself with you're automatically like rotting your child's brain like mm. you know there's so many i've heard so many stories where kids like are trying to f- like a kid is trying to flip a book as if it was like you're swiping an ipad screen yeah, like yeah. In toddlers you can mm. look at toddlers and how they're behaving and they're like adapting their world is getting adapted to these devices like siri google like social media especially with young kids so the question is how do we how do we adapt mm. the new technology which is awesome and is great and is providing so much opportunity how do we put that into society with little kids how do we teach the little kids yeah and i like the idea of a class but the thing my, my skeptical criticism of your like idea of having a class for kids about social media i don't know what you moved to sweden when we were in high school so you missed out <laughs> all the uh, sex ed classes yeah i had one i had one it yeah, was really okay. awkward <laughs> i'll tell you i'll tell you about like sexual ed sex ed classes is like it's a very important <laughs> subject that's a touchy subject it's to do with like a lot of things and culture mm-hmm. but it's something that has to be taught to kids at some point but like the the sex ed classes that i've had throughout my life were just a disaster <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was just a really bad disaster and it's it's always like the formatting of those classes is so lame because they go like okay math class is canceled you guys are going to sex ed today and then you go to like a hall and it's like they separate the guys from the girls and they get like you know because you're supposed to ask like sensitive questions mm-hmm. so you don't want to be embarrassed in yeah, front of yeah. the guys or the girls depending on where you're at and uh, they like it would always be very awkward cuz all the kids already know how everything works. I mean, sure they're not biologists in like yeah, their yeah, reproduction yeah. sense, but they all they, they all are all of them are yeah, yeah, even yeah. at a very young age. Mm. None of them have any like deep questions and just mm. very like it would be quite awkward lessons. And I just don't see how a, like a school like schools are quite incompetent at a lot in a lot of ways and I think that a problem such as like social media in the modern era it's a it's such a complicated subject that I'm like I don't even dare to have like a solid opinion on. Mm-hmm. So how are a bunch of like and teachers, man? Like who are they even? Just just a, just some regular dude with a regular edu- or like a reg- mm-hmm. like regular girl with mm-hmm. a regular education stuck with a bunch of kids in a room 
and now she's gonna have to tackle like one of the most complicated subjects in our generation. Yeah, you're gonna yeah. have to somehow teach the kids. It's like we don't even know the solution. What are we gonna teach the kids to begin with? You know? Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying this is gonna be like the one and all solution to everything. It's just like uh, it's one of the measures we can take. Like small kids, like even we don't know how to navigate stuff like that. We, as an adults, we get all this. Uh, what do you call it? Get get this get sat in the trap of social media and the lo uh, the dopamine rush and everything. So I think like there has to be some steps to figure out how is this affecting a children's mind, a child's mind. Well, negatively is the... Like, for sure like parents, of course they don't know the answers, but they can take some measures. Like don't give your kid an iPad for the whole day, like make some uh, rules. Most of the time it's not just to give the kid entertainment is mostly to distract them while the parent does some yeah. of their own work. But that is, that's like a short, it's like parenting is super hard. And it's super are, hard. Yeah, okay, it's another hard. controversial take I have. Isn't it so easy to just create a child and then be responsible? It's like one of the hardest, I think. No, to the, create a child is easy. To raise yeah, a good child. To raise a like, good child. That's it's like a biggest responsibility, but everyone can do it. Like you need to take a test to drive a plane, yeah, you need to take yeah. a test to you're, do everything, you're delving, but... You're delving, yeah, it's, it's a very controversial no, topic. It's a very good, it's a very good thing to, to, to acknowledge and to know, to know the, those ideas. The idea that like, okay, if you're, if you're too stupid to drive a car, if you're too dangerous to do this, why should you be able to have a child? Yeah. But at the end of the day, like that freedom is, that, that's somewhere I, where I can actually have a solid opinion. It's like, even though I am like completely see the argument, like, like for, there are some people that I look at and I'm like, you should never have, like, I mean, in my opinion, like, I'm sorry for being like an authoritarian, but like, they shouldn't have children. They're, mm. they're, it's only going to be generations of pain and like violence and crime. Yeah. Like, that's the only thing that might come out of it. Yeah. But that's a freedom we're not allowed to touch. No. It's like, because if we're in a free society, like you can't, you like no matter how smart or sophisticated you are, you don't have a right to tell someone mm -hmm. that they're not allowed to have a child, you know? That I think is quite important. It's, it's a very important thing. It's a very, yeah. I mean, it's also, you can't say, you can't say how that kid is gonna turn out because some of the like the best people who are like helping people are, from the ha yeah, have come yeah. from the worst, like, childhoods. Exactly. and that's an argument. And yeah. even regardless of that, even if the whole experiment is bound to fail, I think once we start playing with, like, who can and can't have mm -hmm. kids, yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. we're starting to go into, like, very dark waters and thin ice. And, like, then the, the matter of time until the whole, the, like, society and... I don't even like the word democracy, but until the whole the whole glue that holds the civilization together starts to crumble and really bad things. Like I think this one of those freedoms, like you know, yeah, that yeah, you just don't uh, yeah. touch. Like, and though, though, like as I said, there are a lot of people who'd be like, I'm like, don't please don't have kids. Like, it's like I, dude, it's weird that we are more comfortable talking about if a person should live or die rather than if they should have the right to have kids or not. Like we can yeah. decide, oh, if you do this, if you murder someone, you deserve to die. But you can't, it's a very touchy yeah. topic. You can't tell someone you can't have kids. For sure. Mm. I mean, the whole life and death subject is uh, like, I mean, you know, pro-lifers and abortion. Mm. Do you have an opinion on that? I don't have a specific opinion. I think that women should have the right, but not in every circumstances. It depends on the circumstances of of each and every case like why are why do you want the abortion is it like a financial issue is the husband not involved or 
Uh, like, be really careful. Like in some cases, uh, yeah. In some cases, I could say okay, it's okay. In some cases, I could say no, it's not okay. No, like abortion is like a perfect example of things that are very hard to get a grasp on. And mm-hmm. I back in the day, like back when we back when we studied politics and like things, you know, you're younger and you think you have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. I could have a very like solid opinion, <coughs> but now um, like I don't. It's something that I, it's like why I asked you is because I don't have an answer to it. Yeah, I don't think we're ever going to, it's got kind of one of those philosophical things that we don't have an answer. Like, it's yeah. all gray area. That's for sure. I mean, we could extend it over hours, but it's... Uh, Another similar topic is about suicide. I actually had long... Suicide is, I, I think, is a much easier topic than... Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. A hundred times, because like abortion, like suicide, I mean, it's in a way, like... You should be able to commit. I mean, it's not even that it should. It's like you you have the power to, right? It's like even if even if it's illegal, like the government at the end of the day, the government doesn't really get a say. Even even what are you gonna do? Uh, punish me with the death penalty? Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm dead. Like, do you think I care about yeah. like, your laws? It's like it's not. You like would throw me in prison. You're just gonna make me commit my, uh, kill myself even more. Yeah, and gonna like, give me food for taxpayers' money. Like it, yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. The gov- like the government and society doesn't really. The question is like the legal suicide. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I just learned that recently. That in some cases you can get that. In in some countries, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if it's like you're paralyzed or something like that, you can ask for is, it. And I think even in countries that have it legal, like if you have severe depression, like medically proven, they can authorize that. Mm. It's never a good suicide. Is a touchy subject, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, everyone I talk to, they say no, it's completely wrong. There's like this is just a temporary part of your life. It can get better, but you you don't know that for sure. You can never say that for sure. Your life is gonna get better or worse. Nobody yeah. knows that. Can I ask you? A per- you're you're versed in like the Quran and stuff, and I, uh, I mean, much. I'm more not than an I expert. Am. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, better what, than what you. Does, what does Islam say about? Because the thing there's like a thing I'm. I, I mean, in every religion, it's a it's a big sin. You cannot do that. You can, yeah. Yeah. And it's a, so you're basically gonna get punished for it. Yeah. After it, yeah. I mean, it's, that's that played a big role of me not committing suicide. I've been suicidal like most of my life. One of the big things. Really. To, before, is before you came to Sweden. As yeah, well. yeah, yeah. So Damn. one of the reasons why I didn't do it is because I'm afraid. Like I believe in the afterlife. I'm I'm afraid if I do that, then. I'm gonna have a worse time in the afterlife. You believe in you believe in the afterlife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I always thought like uh, because you moved to Sweden, I met you in I think it was like year two of IB. Yeah. Like year one, like the first. We've known each other for like five years now. Yeah. Yeah. No, but the thing is, I always thought because you would post some like depressing like memes. Okay. 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 Wait. Wait. Let me. I always thought that you. I didn't. I always thought that you kind of like because I knew you were kind of depressed and like mm-hmm. I was in the same boat at the same time. That's why we would have a lot of relating like conversation yeah yeah but i would always think that oh musa like uh, he came to sweden and he kind of like went to this school and like got the similar education that i did and like nothing really happened mm. and you're kind of like stuck in this and as well like with your situation like where you're kind of like you don't know if you're gonna be able to stay in the country yeah yeah and then like you're not allowed to go to study to these universities because of your visa and all this bullshit and I thought that like sort of that post education like hit with the depression. But you said you were depressed for the, most of your life even yeah. before you came. Yeah, we, it's something really? happened in my childhood. Like I have a childhood trauma, and I was diagnosed with PTSD from my childhood. Like really? I still get do, do, do you know, weird like, nightmares. <laughs> is it like something that happened? Or? Uh, I don't want to talk, talk about, about it now. It, Maybe yeah. later, but yeah. No, it's fine. Yeah. yeah, dude, I never knew. I never knew this, man. I knew you for five years. Never <laughs> told you this. Yeah, okay. One thing I want to make clear: when I post de- 
memes about depression is not sometimes i'm actually feeling depressed but sometimes it's just relatable and it's funny but i got to say something to you it's like <laughs> when you're on a certain wavelength and you understand certain things because you would post something like that mm-hmm. you can see yourself posting that in a certain mood and like yeah. especially and i'm not saying about like one post or <laughs> one story or like one week mm-hmm. of posting it's like when you're like checking checking someone out over like a period of time mm-hmm. and then you're sort of getting the like and like the vibes and it's like if you're just a normie that's like completely like oblivious to anything yeah you would might just think that it's funny memes but then when you're a little bit like you kind of get it you, you're scrolling through it and i'm like oh damn like musa is going through it like mm-hmm. i feel it too like it's i don't know it, it's you just get it you know like, mm-hmm. no, no better way of putting it basically Yeah, I mean it's not com- I think we should we should normalize these kind of conversation about suicide and death. Like I remember like s- since I was young I'm really into talk philosophical topics and deep talks and I remember when I would sit around with my friends in the IB in the school and bring up some even religion. It's not that heavy, it's kind of heavy but in the in like a liberal school or whatever you may call it like that. people like oh, you could not a liberal school, whatever it is like you could <laughs> see people's expressions change physically when you bring up a deep talk and they're like ah why are you crushing the mood why are you yeah, why no, are you no. being a buzzkill dude people people would tell me stop uh, cut the deep shit yeah no, stop talking deep and it wasn't even about religion it would be like something going deep anything beyond, beyond bit controversial no, not even con- <laughs> no like controversial is something like uh, i don't controversial is like legalizing drugs or gay marriage it's like you know or abortion that's controversial but you go like just a level beyond the like ordinary like mm-hmm. oh this is the best uh, cola or like this is the weather yeah. like beyond this like oh i got to be instead of an a like mm-hmm. ooh, ooh. beyond that level you go like start digging into like the meaning and some people would just legit be triggered about it they would be like yeah quit the deep shit like like you know it's interesting and some people are craving it i don't know i always find myself as well like talking mm-hmm. going deeper than people want to go and it's weird because i want to go as deep as possible That's what they said, man. What It's they 2021. Said. <laughs> you need to be careful. Well, what are some of the topics that you... Well, to talking about death. I think we should uh, talk more about death. We don't talk about it enough. It's like, uh, it's the same. It's like a part of life. Just the same as breathing is part of life. And when we bring up death, like, people get very uncomfortable. They're very upset. But uh, I think I've thought about this subject a lot. mostly because i've thought about death and killing myself yeah also because i'm a religious person like we were taught that this life is just temporary and the actual ri- life that you're going to live the what's more important is the one you get after you die so we're kind of like we don't take it very seriously but then if you meet a person who's like an atheist or doesn't believe in an afterlife then death could be a touchy subject with them because they're like oh this is the only chance i'll get i don't want to I want to I don't want to talk about or do, I don't want to think about yeah. the finish line. I want to think about okay, what am I doing right now? But even though it's inevitable, it's the most inev- inevitable thing. Yeah, yeah, no, it's the only there true. is it's, it's the, the only, only true. true. Thing, yeah. No, for sure. Uh, But, for sure. And it's like it's all almost like this glooming presence always like and especially mm-hmm. when you're when you're uh, in a de- very depressed state of mind that mm-hmm. like I know you know it's like people pretend that it's like permanent that like they they get attached to like problems that are very like trivial in a way mm. and when you're in like in when you're in a depressed state of mind you're thinking about all these like really big questions of like mm-hmm. death and life and they don't really see it have you noticed that and like like i know uh, 
I kind of know. To you? No, if you're... I know, I know. I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, knowing is half the knowledge, isn't it? There is no such thing as knowing. It's only believing. What was that? Is that Socrates or Plato who said, if you think you don't know anything, that means that's half the knowledge or something like that? Oh, you're asking me questions. <laughs> I don't remember. No, but definitely death is a really fascinating subject. I guess for for like people who are religious or people who Not are... Not even, but I mean, how can you... Like the, the problem with atheism, like when we mention religious, I think that atheism is a religion of its own. I mean, according to the definition, the definition but, is that you believe in something higher power. Yeah, yeah but, but, atheists... but, but, but their higher power is like they find... Essentially, they substitute everything. And the thing, like, the most non-religious people is the just people that don't really care and just go on with their day. Mm-hmm. Like, the most non-religious people I've met were Christians because they were born in a Christian family. They they don't carry a cross. They don't have a, they've never read a word of the Bible. They, just because they were born, they got dipped in water, put mm-hmm. some salt on their head. They got crowned into the Christian faith. And all they do is, like, go to work, do their regular thing, and, like, only focus on their day, like, what surrounds them. And that's the only concern. They never mention the word of it. Like, the least mm-hmm. religious people belong mm-hmm. to religion. When you meet someone that actually, like, goes out and goes, I'm an atheist, you're dealing with a radical. Like, you're dealing with a religious <laughs> A rebel. <laughs> no, like, it's like, they, like the subs- they substitute a lot of things, and I don't want to get called out for this, but it feels like... Like, Go for it, call all no, of them yeah, out. Fuck them, fuck them. <laughs> no, but atheists are like the funniest ones because they substitute their, their like, the lack of, they, they try to, f- in a way they find a community, they create their own symbols. It's like, it, it just hold, the practices all the, are the same. Yeah, they, they do, pra- they even do gatherings. They like, atheists, like the extreme ones, they even do gatherings. They have their own symbols. They, they worship something like, even though you don't, it's not worship in the sense that you like bow to it, mm-hmm. but they have something that they, they hold much dearer or greater than themselves, which is their like, whatever scientific belief, yeah, yeah. which is like, if you ask a sophisticated, like someone with a religion who has like a more philosophical view of life, it's all just a part of it. So in a way, they just found their own, like, that's the thing I found about these, like, fundamentalist, like, very radical religious people. They all just lack a community, more yeah. or less. They all just need a group of people that they can relate with in the very, like, if you strip it down. And that's what atheists did. They, they, <laughs> they didn't have anyone to relate with, so they created their own thing. Yeah. It's, it's harder to be, like, it, the it's hardest is to be like me, being a cowboy in the West, like, <laughs> having no real, uh, like, religion. And uh, actually asking deep questions and, you know, not being afraid uh, to stand on your own two feet and like being able to open different books and being like, okay, well, these people think this way and these Mm. people think this other way. And where do I stand? Well, I don't know. You, my friend, are called an anti-villain in uh, or anti-hero in the comic book universe. You're not a villain. You're not a hero. You just do whatever you like. (laughs) Sometimes you do good stuff. Sometimes you do really bad stuff. Actually, that's a good definition of me. But I hate it when people say, oh, the world would have been a better place if there was no religion. But that's the, some that's, of the most nicest people I met are because the, they're religious. But that's such a, like, that's such a like, short-sighted statement. Like, the way I see religion is it's in, built in our, in our nature, in a way. Mm. Because the religious experience is not even, like, first of all, there is the religious experiences. Then we have the religious culture which it's like two different things. Like, for example, if you're born into a culture that's heavily religious and you're always around that, that becomes your norm, a way to fit into that culture. But religious experience is a part of the human brain. Like, we, it's a part of the human experience. And a lot of people that I meet have... And it's not... It doesn't, this doesn't require a saint. This doesn't require a person that has 
that has seen the Mother Mary and is like connecting with the higher powers on some special level. It's like people have profound experiences, mm-hmm. whether that's when they're sober, whether that's when on they're on drugs, like on different, like, uh, I don't know if you heard, the Christian religion is essentially based on drug experiences. Yeah, I've heard that, too. Yeah, yeah. Listen to the Joe Rogan podcast with the guy, yeah, and things like that. And that's something to acknowledge is that there are chemicals that are surround us that can inhibit this religious experience. And to sort of claim that religion isn't, isn't not, it's just a complete creation of our Mm -hmm. imagination. Mm -hmm. It's like maybe maybe you're right. Maybe there's nothing. Maybe we're completely alone in the universe, and there's absolutely nothing after death. Which is a view that I have to, you have to acknowledge. That's a possibility. Like that's one of the options, and that's not. There's no way to deny that. But to completely just throw out the whole spiritual aspect as if yeah. it's just just some guy in the woods mm-hmm. that's crazy that came up with it is also like a complete if you ask me it's retarded like <laughs> yeah no there's so many good aspects about just the community aspect is so good like people who are not religious they just want to uh, if you're not in a religion then you're like in a veganism group or you, yeah. you want to associate but it I with some kind of community or a group that's just our human nature that's like human nature yeah yeah but i think the spiritual experience aspect is like something there is something to our brain there is something that lacks that needs it or lacks it or yeah is missing it you're trying to always find an answer to like different questions and like if you put a person randomly on an island he's not gonna think he just went there without no reason like he's gonna f- think okay uh, someone put me there and who is that person like our brains just function that way or, that we kind of like f- but also it's like have you noticed that it's also like a very powerful mechanism of uh, like survival as well like religion and because uh I've listened also. to a lot of survival, like I've listened to a lot of survival stories. I mean, that's generally a thing I'm interested in, like generally like survival stories in, out in nature or like crime survival stories. And it seems like once a person, like if you're alone out and if you're dying, freezing in the wilderness, if you think that this is all that there is to it, then there is no, like you kind of give up. Like yeah. the, the force of giving up is like the most, it's like your mind has so much power that you don't even realize. I don't even realize I'm at 10%, at 5% of my mind's power. Most of us are. I'm 2%. I was listening recently to this Everest survival story. And this guy, it was like, it was quoted to be the worst disaster on Everest. It was a a huge storm hit these guys that were like, they were on the last base camp. They were climbing the summit. A bunch of people died. uh, uh, But essentially there was one guy that froze or he he basically lost it. And when you're, Mm. when you're in that super high altitude, your, the procedure is that if someone isn't strong enough to walk on themselves, like you, it's so little oxygen, so cold. It's the conditions are so bad that we don't have the you and me if we're there completely conscious and there's a guy that collapses. <coughs> a lot of the times we're gonna have to make the decision to literally just leave him there. Yeah. And like in those circumstances, because it's better that one person dies than two than three people die. Mm-hmm. Uh, two people trying to rescue some guy that is basically immobile because of no oxygen. But what happened to this guy? He spent two nights on, on almost on the summit of Mount Everest. He had colli- like he had kneeled down, collapsed, and he uh, he spent two days there, basically in and out of death. And the last thing that like so many people were evacuating, conducting rescue, and they had basically rendered him like okay, like just he's leave dead. Him. Yeah, he's yeah, dead. Like, he's declared dead. He's not even he wasn't even declared dead, but it's like he's a lost cause. Okay. What happens? He stumbles back into camp. Mm-hmm. He stumbles back into camp, and the thing that he talked about was that he woke up like after a day, and the thoughts of his family and like his like that he's leaving behind children, that he's leaving behind his wife, 
just those thoughts gave him a power to, to mm-hmm. walk back like in, in ridiculous his hands had basically frosted up like his feet were off like I mean he's yeah, frozen yeah. you've been on Mount Everest with no oxygen for three days yeah it's, it's his body gave up but yeah. his and mind this, didn't give up the same thing happened to uh, God I forget the name right in the podcast but the, the guy that the 123 minutes the guy oh, yeah, the, trapped in the rock in the yeah. canyon yeah essentially you know that during I think he spent about a week trapped in the canyon with mm-hmm. his arm stuck and the thing is he had basically given up he had basically accepted that he's gonna die and like in those like moments when he had when he's severely dehydrated he's basically dying stuck in this with this rock in one of those like passed out dehydrated visions he sees a boy that is is his son see he gets a vision from like in his like you can call it dehydrated brain yeah 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 Yeah. but also you could say it's a message from god and that gives him the the vision of his like unborn son gives him from from somewhere like you've been dehydrated with no food stuck under a rock in the canyon for a week but something gives you a power to cut your own arm off with a pen knife and it's like if that's not a religious experience it's like what is and Mm. we can say that we can say that oh he was just dehydrated he was so cold that his brain was just playing tricks on yeah but those experiences give us so much power to continue on and if you think that you have god on your side like if you really like and not even think like think is the wrong word but if you if you have god on your side Mm -hmm. what's gonna stop you you know it's like and then there was also a kid in the u.s that got robbed and shot in a gang initiation it's a popular video on youtube where this kid uh, essentially was like another kid who was joining a gang, like the the the, the way it goes. I think it was like Chicago, but the way it goes that he had to kill someone mm. to be like fully in in the gang, mm. and he he and the story goes from the the victim and like he's like a skater kid, and this other kid manipulates him into going onto like the bad side of town, mm. and then what they do is that they steal his car and they shoot him. And the thing is, he got shot like two or three times with a shotgun. So one time like blew his whole arm off. And then the other time he put, like he shot him, like the other kid shot him in the head with the shotgun, blew like like a third of his head off. And the kid in that moment, he said like when he was re- like remembering that situation, he said that he felt hands pick him up. Like he was basically dying on the mm-hmm. sidewalk and he, f- he felt hands from elsewhere pick him up and make him walk oh, to, to help. Yeah. And it's like in those situations. And he like, survived. He survived. Yeah, he survived. That's how he shit. made the story on YouTube. Oh, yeah. shit. It's called I Survived the Gang Initiation mm-hmm. or something like that. Pretty sketchy stuff. Yeah, I agree. Religion is a tremendous source of hope. Like, if you think God is the most powerful being in all of creation and he's on your side, like, what kind of hope that gives you? And that gives a lot of room to atrocities. Yeah. As long we, it, it, yeah, you know, you and me, Musa, God is with us. Therefore, everything we do and, like, every decision we make is justified by yeah. God himself. Yeah that creates so much room for her horrific like behavior yeah it's like it's it's like a tool like in any other thing it's uh, it's upon the person how you use it you can use it in a bad way you can use religion to start charities and help people you can use religion to spread yeah. propaganda brainwash people and attack other people yeah but i feel like today people need to be spiritually strong in a way do you notice all this cheap religion shit going around you mean cheap spiritual shit? Yeah, yeah or like, like, uh, cheap, but it's almost like because there's such a lack and such a vacuum for like spirituality nowadays, 
a lot of people go for like the cheap like the, they they just get sold like some kind of culty behavior they get sold some like uh high risk uh, higher no what's horoscope stuff mm, like or they, yeah. they get sold all kinds of like semi-religions and i think in in today's like the survival guide of today is to really have a like a sophisticated view on spirituality mm. and kind of have a you need to have a connection with it as well or you're yeah. eventually gonna fall prey to it yeah it kind of comes full circle because those people who mostly jo- join these kind of cults they have something bad happen in their life they have kind of a trauma and they're trying to find a meaning or like a higher power or hope i think that's oversimplified <laughs> like the psychology of cults is quite complicated but it's m- most of the time is the community yeah the community aspect yeah, like they want the some somewhere to belong to be a part yeah. of a group and that's that's a hard one how do we battle uh, loneliness it's uh, think about it today especially i think sweden and like where we live is we have the most like single room apartments per capita i think i'm like i'm i'm just spitting out statistics i might have heard before but there is like there is a lot of lonely people like and for example like i'm not the most socially connected with the, like 100 friends i only have like few friends yeah, you know yeah, that i can, yeah. that i can hit up but then even that is like a treasure and then you think about like think about how it would be if you didn't have a single friend like yeah and i've met people like that that are that are literally like completely alone and you kind of want to hang out with them and sometimes you do but a lot of them they just keep on living their lives yeah that's a big All difference i notice uh, between the culture of pakistan and here pakistan like if you're living in a neighborhood you know like two everyone. blocks around everyone who lives in, in within that two blocks while here i don't even know who my neighbor is Yeah. Well, it's also I mean, this is also a big city. So it's not all not everywhere in Sweden is like this, but uh, generally the western world is mm. a little bit more privatized, and, which is a big cause of a lot of issues. I mean, suicide, depression, mm. and also religious because I kind of like religion is the antidote to the suicide, like the greater meaning. Because it isn't this what this is all about, like the greater meaning. Yeah. I, I don't know like have you ever thought like has that ever crossed your mind like the word like it's a very cringy a uh, simple idea of, like the meaning of life but has that ever like i remember there was a clear clear point uh, in my childhood when i was uh, i was like four, five, six, like you know like in that age when you're like completely you're just a complete kid but you're yeah. you're just starting to realize like the bigger concepts of like the world around you and there was i think we were watching a movie with my family and they were like the characters were like yeah well what is the meaning of life or mm-hmm. like they were like you know they're doing this like very cliche like ideas of like what's the meaning of life talking about things <laughs> like that and the idea was that there they don't know what the meaning of life is yeah. and that struck me because i was like i woke up as like six years old and i was like wait what is like because i always thought that like i always i thought that the adults had this figured out yeah right i thought my mom and my dad <laughs> they knew exactly what the point is that's why we're doing all these things that's why we're doing this this way and not that way yeah that's why we're getting like i thought my dad and my mom knew like mm-hmm. the meaning mm-hmm. and like they understood the point and the purpose and then like when you get like and you realize like oh my parents are exactly like me they like they don't know like the like they have no idea they're literally just thrown into this chaos yeah, of life yeah. the same way you were just trying to do the best that they can and then they're like oh we have no idea what the, the greater purpose is <laughs> yeah, like it's yeah, like yeah. you can define it and it's like there's no real answer and to me that was like a profound experience i'm just like oh like we have no fucking idea what the fuck is going on dude like everyone here is fucking lost look around the street yeah. everyone is just lost 
I wasn't that smart of a kid. <laughs> But no, this is a really interesting topic. Like everyone wants this like one-stop solution. Oh, this is the major meaning of life and people are searching for it while I believe there is no perfect meaning of life and we just yeah, make different meaning. No, we make meaning ourselves just That's, a, that's very nihilistic. The way that's we the go along. Of nihilism, okay. Actually. I've I've the definition actually Definition of nihilism is that like or I mean Yeah, I'm not a Wikipedia book. No, last year I went through like a big nihilistic period in my life. Uh something happened, I don't even remember what happened, but I I was like severely depressed. I was thinking about suicide and then I got into this nihilistic mindset that nothing matters and so I became very uncaring. Like I would make fun of everything and everyone in front of me. Like cynical, nothing matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah cynical yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Um, and then after a while I realized, oh shit, this is where I'm going and I had to like apologize to some people and then change my mindset. Really? Yeah. But, did, but, they, you, but it, I've been I've been through a similar phase, but I never had to apologize. To no, it. I did. <laughs> it really? was embarrassing. Yeah. You say it's horrible. Uh, not um, uh, really horrible, but just the, my behavior and then kind of like a carelessness yeah, behavior. You're, you're more mature of a man than I am. I but in me. that nihilism, I found some respite because once you believe that, because it kind of like it's weird because the nihilism it, is great. Man. In one in one way, I'm uh, my anxiety is telling me, oh, everything matters. I need to be careful what decisions I make, and people are watching me, whatever. And then I've been in that mindset for so long, and adopting like a nihilistic mindset, oh, nothing matters. It kind of like kind of took away this burden off my shoulders. No, but it, that I mean, that's how it's born. Like it's nihilism is like a natural response, response, isn't it? Or like it's a natural response to like how you're feeling and then like eventually like first first like there's like stages in nihilism where you're kind of like nothing matters therefore like nothing i do matters like and you go through this whole like nothing matters psychosis basically and then you reach to a point where it's like well nothing matters therefore everything matters like in in a way where it's like the only thing you really have is like you you have control of yourself and that's something that matters mm-hmm. and you can do like it's kind of going back to like what jordan peterson thinks and like says It's about you have the power to change it and it's like you have the power to define it and you have a power to create a better thing. And it's like nihilism is like a double-edged sword where it's like you can just get stuck on that. Mm-hmm. Like, mm, it's like a thin really. line you can go either way. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like do you it's like you reach the first level, which is like you, you don't believe in anything. Nothing matters. Like there's no point in anything. Like everything is just disgusting and like horrible. But then the like next level of that is like you can like that there is insane power within that mm-hmm. like within within that understanding mm-hmm. like within that understanding like if if you completely like letter by letter adopt the nihilistic point of view then the world becomes your playground doesn't it mm-hmm. it becomes like a free for all that where you can express yourself and find happiness and mm-hmm. like do meaningful things because meaning in nihilism is self-defined so yeah. like whether whether you and me are juggling out in the mi- center square whether you and me are just building snow castles or we're like doing a podcast or we're in, at work making food it's, you can find meaning in all of those as long as that entertains you and makes you feel happy like it's just a different way of looking at things but it's it, it's it's a stage that you go through and that's that goes back to what i said about people go through stages like all of them and like you know people that's the thing i find about people nowadays about people our age they get 
connected to these ideas in like a weird way. Yeah. It's like it's only a matter of a year until yeah, exactly. like, <laughs> next year you're gonna be this and this year you're a, you're a nihilist and you're yeah. reading all these nihilist like uh, Edgar Allan Poe yeah, or like yeah, all yeah. these uh, next year you're gonna guess let me guess you're you're a, you're a nihilist now next year you're gonna be a stoic aren't you? <laughs> you're gonna find out about Marcus Aurelius right? <laughs> you're gonna find out about being a real uh, a virtuous individual yeah, and then yeah, the yeah. next year you're gonna find uh, something else and it's like mm-hmm. it just goes on and on i like I, that's why i like to talk about old people with or not about old people talk but with, with uh, old people mm-hmm. yeah like i kind of it, it's kind of horrible to see how not necessarily disrespect but how people disregard older people like exactly. young people and to me you know like <laughs> in the cartoons they would always be like this old guy that's talking about the war and nobody wants to hear about it to me it's like I'm hearing an old guy talk about the war. I'm like first in line to ask mm-hmm. questions. And it's like, th- this is a person that lived in the same world uh, five times, six times more than you. Yeah. So he's been like, he, like or he, she, like whoever, like their experience is extremely valuable. Mm-hmm. And I find they've been through nihilism in like, and also we're so spoiled here, like in the 21st century. We are never, so privileged. Yeah, we haven't seen like great war. Like if you talk to my grandma or your grandma, like I bet you the shit she would tell you on this <laughs> podcast, like we wouldn't even have anything to say. It's yeah, like, yeah, the, yeah. The, like the amount of experience they have and the things they went through. Yeah, we kind of disregard them as, oh, they're out of touch from reality, whether, while at this, they're Some, seeing... Sometimes they are, man. I've yeah, had, sometimes, I mean, no, depends they, on their age as well. Yeah. But I've had uh, my great-grandmother, like, she was, like, one of the wisest people I knew, but, like, one with age, mm. th- with genetics, like, the yeah. senile, like, yeah. dementia comes in, and at, at some point, like, in Lithuanian, they say, Dievo Avinelis, which means, like, the Lamb of God. It's basically like God took the mind and just left the body on the planet. That's what they say about crazy people, like completely mm-hmm. schizophrenics. It's like don't don't judge them. Their mind is with God. Uh-huh, but like okay, I mean, yeah. at a certain point, you know, you, your brain will not work mm-hmm. the same way you. Realizing this, that as human beings go through stages, as I'm going through different stages and adopting different ideologies and whatever principles, makes me more tolerant of other people because like if. Maybe if they're like in a bad position, if they're being rude or very mean, it makes me realize, okay, that's just a phase. I went through that phase. I came out of it. So there's hope that they will come out of it as well. It kind of... I see that, but I can't relate. (laughs) I get more, I get more triggered at people. I mean, I I get triggered as well. I mean, it's a natural thing. But in a way, like when, when they are jumping onto ideologies that you've been through, then you're kind of like... Like, are you stupid? Like, can't you see this? And then, like, yeah, they're so yeah. secure of yeah. themselves. And especially that most people that are in that game, they're very secure of, like, they're extremely... Like, I've been on some... Like, sometimes I go on the different discords, and, like, sometimes I jump in. I have so many different servers. Sometimes I jump in on one, and there's, like, a debate going on. And, like, the amount of, like, how, pe- how people are sure of their beliefs is, like, annoying. Like, how you can be so sure and, like, determined of your beliefs. Like, it, it's, like... I know what you mean, but like you have to be open to discourse, and they're not, and that yeah, just like uh, it makes me shake. Yeah, <laughs> it's and it goes both way on the right and the left. Like we have this perception of like leftists and liberals. Oh, they're so open-minded, but they're exactly the same. Once they adopt no, no, an the, ideology, it seems to me that the liberals, like or what today in the modern world is defined as liberal or leftist, they're less like open-minded yeah. than anybody yeah. than anybody like mm. for real and it's funny how 
we think that this leftist and liberal culture that is like on American Twitter, like how did this even get here to Europe? It's like it's a problem of American Twitter and like Donald Trump. And somehow like our culture, like mm -hmm. in Europe, gets like we diluted with that shit. And people like think that this is the reality today. It's like weird how that transcends. Do you, have you noticed that? And what way, like, give me, like, an example or... Well, it's, like, it's nothing that concerns, it's not, like, none of it is the concern of, like, for, for example, living here in Sweden or in Lithuania, but it somehow becomes, like, a majority discussion, like, people discuss it a lot, and, like, there's some groups that pick it up, and it somehow becomes, like, a major aspect of the discourse in the social sphere, mm -hmm. whether, and it has no meaning whatsoever, like, to anyone that lives here, has almost zero meaning like it's very long fetch but somehow people on twitter pick it up yeah it uh, yeah it depends really on much how the media is controlled because if you think about how like if the amazon is on fire like like it would be like people would be hashtagging everywhere but if I like mean, a, i don't mean the amazon is on no fire. no just uh, i'm giving it as an example if some what's uh, what topic is generating in the media and what everyone is talking about if the amazon is on fire Everyone is going to be tweeting about it, hashtagging about it. But if they're like a small jungle in Pakistan, which is even worse, and it's like a bigger fire, like people wouldn't care about it. Yeah, it's just like the Amazon is in the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I was going with it, I mean, I see that. But where I was going with it as well was like, uh, sometimes I go to work and like we work in, like you and me, we both work in like a basic place where we get to meet people. Like maybe you meet. Hey, don't people. say anything bad about where we could get fired. We love the company we work at. I meet people, you know, and so, like the thing is you get thrown in with a person and sometimes it's a complete stranger and you're going to mm -hmm. have to spend a weekend or like three days working with them every single day, like during, during the job. Like mm -hmm. you're, you, And it's, it's, sometimes it's just going to be you and the stranger. Yeah. And like I notice it a lot where like, because I mean, all, like discussion topics often reach like politics like a lot of the times especially in like the job that we do like people yeah, talk yeah, politics yeah, 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 yeah. but i notice i really notice a thing where we get a new guy or like someone and he shows up and like i'm testing the waters and he's testing the waters and he's like we live in a country that's so far away from like the american yeah, discourse yeah. but then we're both like like can i say this yeah. can i say that yeah and then like is he and then we mentioned the term we mentioned the term like political correctness it's mm -hmm. like is he gonna get offended and then he mm -hmm. goes or like i go like i think that's all bullshit and then you notice like a flare in their eyes like oh oh this is a person that you can actually talk next to and it's like a normal oh, person yeah, <laughs> just like, like but the, the problem is that i've almost never met people that you can't it's like everyone is like fit for discussion it's like no one but people are afraid to talk and yeah like yeah you yeah, meet yeah. people and it's like with all of them with every single person in the room you can have complete coherent civil this you can make a podcast with the person because they're all interesting people yeah but everyone is afraid to say yeah, something the, the testing because, waters yeah and yeah. they're afraid to offend someone they're afraid to like breach the social boundary and like say something that's offensive and it's like this this isn't even a European thing. This came from like American Twitter. Mm -hmm. How did it get its way to the point where I'm working? I'm working at like a restaurant standing on the line mm -hmm. and now somehow everyone is very careful about what they say. It's like, geez, like come on guys, like throw some throw some spicy yeah. memes in the yeah, game. Yeah. <laughs> like everyone is afraid of being cancelled in a way. I've noticed the best I way. Mean, like, if people did a good digging on me, they'd probably cancel me too. <laughs> they'd probably throw you in prison as well. <laughs> no, you won't. No, you won't. <laughs> There's no space in prison. <laughs> what I do is like, I 
tell something really embarrassing about me, I'm like brutally honest. Oh, I have depression. Oh, I, I have mental health issues. If I just say say something really deep and personal about me, then the other person kind of like relaxes and say, okay, then I can, other person thinks they can share their personal stuff yeah. and they can share their opinions as well. You need yeah. to kind of like let down your guard first and then the other person. That but that's but well, that's yeah. the problem you're talking about. Who's going to drop the guard first? I, I try to, yeah. And I that's that's the key is to try to drop the guard first, essentially. Mm. Is to like, carefully, you don't want to go out there with like a major banger. Mm. But like you always, yeah, like it's a good idea. It, being vulnerable is a strength in a way, for sure. By the way, you said you, you only have till 10, right? Yeah. Uh, nobody has come to kick us out yet. So, but I think this is a good point to end the podcast. That's sure. these kind of, conversation are exactly the reason why I started the podcast in the first place yeah. because drop to go on for 10 20 minutes uh, I really got to pee <laughs> same here yeah. pause let's pause it okay yeah but the reason I started this podcast is is exactly I want to talk deep with people because when you're talking to social on social media or whatever like you don't really get to know the person really well but you're when you're having a not a deep but just like an honest conversation long conversation oh, 100%, yeah that's why I love podcast so much yeah, but I think that's what's lacking, and that's I think that's why podcasts are making a huge rise in media in general. It's like I mean, Joe has talked about it so much. So anybody that's listened to the Joe Rogan experience is gonna be like, yeah, like I'm just reciting what he said. But it's like there's like in the greater like old media when you turn on like sometimes you turn on the news like once in a year that you turn on the actual news like that your parents watch. And you like you see the interviews like they're they having like it's like a news program or like a morning program and they'll have like an expert and then they'll like they'll give him like one minute or like two minutes <laughs> yeah yeah and then the person has just barely like barely opened their mouth they're like nervous you're in a you're in a studio like this is like you just got there and like then they're like oh thank thank you very much we gotta move on to the mm. weather folks yeah and it's like what happened there like or like you have people debating something and they cut them off at like the three second mark mm. and it's like something with like long-term podcasts i think it's the new form of media like for mm. sure the only the only thing is kind of count, uh, counterintuitive because everyone is getting like lesser and lesser shorter time spans but then my myself i find myself to be attracted to longer and yeah, longer yeah, form yeah. of like content so, for example, you know, like, Hardcore History, the podcast? Yeah, you send it to me. Yeah. yeah, so, like, he sometimes makes, like, a six-hour special. And to me, it's like, when you know, like, a guy like Hardcore History, he makes a podcast with, like, the value of that is, I mean, he, he's put in months, if not years, of work into that. That's like a history semester in college th yeah, that you're getting dude, in from me. amazing. Yeah. But it's like, to me, it's like, we have a, or like, if JRE, if JRE drops a six-hour podcast, like, you know that... That's no joke. Like, there's gonna be some good shit. There's, there's yeah. a reason why it's six hours. Mm -hmm. And now, like, I think I'm very happy that we were born in the internet era, but we're too old for TikTok. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You yeah. know, when TikTok came along, I had to ask like people like how like it felt. It feels so funny when you're kind of like you're like, what is this? Yeah, hello, hello, children. What is this thing? And how does it work? Like you're yeah. kind of like. Like I had no idea. Like I was like, so wait, you post? So it's like, so it's like, uh, they used to be called uh, the six second videos. How are they called? Vine. Vine. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's like, like a Vine. Yeah. But not really, and it's like, it's not Instagram. No. So, so what is it? It's, like, it's essentially just a. They just take 
how to get short attention span, attention just mm. blasted onto you in videos and like very quick, quick intervals. And it's like it's just hijacking our psychology. And it's I'm so happy that I sure I've been a part of the whole like Facebook, Instagram thing. Mm. But then I wasn't like I'm too old to be a part of the bullshit. And I think I think the TikTok generation is like they're gonna yeah, grow up to me, be weird people. Yeah, you and me, Musa, we're like the we're a rare we're the elite class. Of, like, elite class, we're a rare breed. We're gonna, no, no, soon we're gonna be extinct. Uh, soon we're gonna be extinct. No, like what the fuck is TikTok, man? It's horrible. Yeah, I'm glad I never installed it. Like oh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to say it here on a podcast. Now this recorded forever and ever, even after I die. But like TikTok, it kind of, it kind of disgusts me because. Half the shit on TikTok is like stolen. So like, is uh, I'm pro downloading illegal things on the internet, as mm. in not like as in torrenting movies and like downloading things. Half the shit on TikTok is somebody else's video, and you snatch like ten seconds of that video, and then you put it on TikTok, and then the other half is just like half naked girls dancing. It's in they're all fucking fourteen. Yeah, so it's fucking yeah. scary. It's where where like the TikTok is the moment where the internet went bad, like, <laughs> it, really, really, and it's also a Chinese thing. Oh yeah, no, yeah. no fucking uh, surprise there, is it? I, we would have to Google this, but I think they uh, didn't allow China to have control over TikTok in like the US and. Europe. Oh yeah, they're trying to break it, it off, but yeah, it's yeah. not going anymore. Which is like yeah, it was like a Trump thing, but now since he's gone, they're not going to do anything. But I, it's like I don't like Trump, but that's something about him that I <laughs> like. Is TikTok shouldn't be controlled yeah. by uh, the greatest threat. Yeah, uh, it's not just because like they're mining your data. It's also like I learned that they made the algorithm specifically to target like your uh, short attention spans. So you don't even need to like swipe to watch yeah. the next video. It just automatically starts. Yeah, but it's not even it's not even their fault. They're just improving on a system that's already been engineered on for they're just meeting the years. demand <laughs> no no not even but they're, they're just improving on a system that's been started by facebook and yeah, Instagram yeah, and Twitter. yeah you know about the whole thing how they make your like dopamine and something when i when i quit social media i, f- I find myself like uh, pulling my phone out for something but it's all the essentially you just you're just pulling your phone out because you're looking for a kick and like it's that moment when you realize like that all of it's useless, like all of it, like not even not even not even like fifty percent of it. No, 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 ninety nine point nine percent of it is completely useless to you as a yeah, human being. Yeah. And then what what I noticed when I quit it was that like first there's like a month of where you don't have anything. You're kind of just dry. There's like a hole inside of you where you don't have a dopamine rush. But then you find like I find other sources, of course it's the same problem like we're still all jacked on dopamine and we're mm-hmm. all looking for these rushes but then instead of twitter and or like it's instagram and facebook you find something else and like to me i found discord mm-hmm. and like discord i don't like discord as the app i don't like the creators at all like i'm not ne- don't vibe with those people as much as i've heard like i'm no i don't really know them or anything but then like the communities that exist on there is like instead of just being on Facebook and just being facing everyone, I go into my own little community, yeah. you know, like of people that I found like, and all like a lot of them are crazy. There are a lot, a lot of fucking weirdos on there, but I can relate to them because that's because it's your community. <laughs> yeah. It's my community and they're funny. It's like, yeah, I, I find yeah. them funny. I like, yeah. even if, if I disagree with them, I can have like good conversations. And instead mm-hmm. of, so next month, like first you have Instagram, you delete it. 
you find yourself scrolling mindlessly on like somewhere, like not having anything to do. And then the next thing is like now you're having a like a smaller community on a, some weird chatting platform. It transforms itself. And addiction is something we should talk about on this podcast, man. Yeah, it's yeah. Very interesting. Especially with like dopamine. It's like people don't understand that addiction affects everyone. Mm. It's something you know, like addiction is a word that you connect to like uh, alcoholism addicts, or yeah, addicts, like, alcohol, yeah, like yeah, heroin yeah. addicts on the street. But it's like more and more that I live on. Have you noticed how insanely people like it's a, it's a cringe uh, like regular topic, but like people are so addicted to their phones, it's freaking me out. I'm one of them. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm one of them too. But the thing is, the scary thing is, I'm usually the one that's like I'm usually the one that drinks the most. I'm usually the most addicted person in the room. Like when it comes to like you, like our international <laughs> school gang. I usually used to be the guy that can like that goes out and drinks the most and does mm. the stupidest things. So like I always accepted myself as like yeah I'm the addict in the room. Yeah. But when it comes to social phones, it's like I'm dealing with people that have serious jobs. They have real positions. They have like they're doing all kinds of serious things. They're like respected people of uh, society, but they can't fucking keep their hand off of like staring into useless mm-hmm. useless shining device in their hand and like if you like I don't have earphones right now so like all the time I'm on the train I'm not listening to music mm-hmm. I'm not having a cell phone call and it's like when you're when you have no social media and no earphones and you're just living in the city it's like you like you go yeah. to the subway go to the yeah. subway disconnect your social media disconnect your earphones and you will realize how big this thing is it's yeah. insane dude it's like when the only person on the whole train that doesn't have earphones or a cell phone is it you and the like 95 year old guy <laughs> <laughs> in the whole train because yeah, he doesn't yeah. know how to use the, yeah. the iphone like those are the only two people you and the fucking about to die guy and you're the crazy person in the yeah, situation like, yeah, <laughs> he, he he would be the same because if he knew how to use it he yeah. would use it yeah, it's just yeah. that he's too old to use it and now you're the only person like or, or just this old guy and you mm-hmm. the whole train <laughs> don't have a phone stuck like this yeah it's actually like living in this virtual reality it's like it's essentially another life a virtual life that we're living and it's super weird because we're the first generation who have who have to experience this super hard to navigate like i have a really bad relationship with instagram like i like uh, i lie to myself i tell myself i need instagram because i'm a photographer but at the same time when i post stuff like I'm like addicted to the likes. I'm like, who's who who like my picture next? Especially, oh, I'm like, especially if you have a girl. That you oh like. yeah, if you're impressing a girl, you post a certain story. You need to you're, see, you're oh, checking if you ch- if, if she checked. Yeah, 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 who checked your story? And if they didn't see your story, then you're assuming, oh, they kind of like thinking they don't work, care about me, or they're kind of whatever. You're making these perceptions in your own head, and it's like super bad. But slowly, I'm trying to make my relationship better with the social media like on facebook i like unfollowed unlike all the political pages there were now i only follow like animal shit do you know do you know about lex friedman yeah yeah do you know his strategy now what his so he said that like people like me that just delete it it's like it's a all and out like extreme mm-hmm. way of dealing with it and he said it's kind of weak but what he does he only gives himself he has like a scheduled like his day's schedule and he has, I think, 10 minutes to do on social media where he can post and check posts. So five minutes in the like afternoon and five minutes in the evening. Or, or like mm. some, I'm, I'm like uh, paraphrasing like yeah, yeah, yeah. But the idea is that you only have like 
a limited amount of time of minutes that you can use social media mm-hmm. and that's what he does though i think he does he doesn't maybe follow it perfectly i think he does read some comments and stuff mm-hmm. like but he does have a system of like where you kind of like don't even touch your phone like yeah. all notifications yeah. are off and then you have like this five minutes in the day where you're gonna make a post mm-hmm. but it's it's kind of bizarre that we even have to create these kinds of yeah. systems i don't think i can be as disciplined as that but that's oh, what uh, lex friedman is like he's my new he's he's my favorite online <laughs> yeah you, have you checked him out uh, i just find his voice yeah. so boring <laughs> and, really yeah, no, yeah. Man, whenever i, I try I to listen so, to him i can't I find, stand i find everything so inspiring yeah like, yeah uh, okay maybe uh, i'll check out, out shout out to lex friedman right here. go check out his podcast <laughs> no but uh, i find the uh, what were what were you even talking about social media shit social media, yeah. yeah no but uh, lex friedman is like for example a great example of how social media i mean there's so much great power in these things there's so much positivity in this that like that's why we can't really like get rid of it it's it's just so good it's like i mean it's just it's it's so awesome to have all this like easy fast flick communication mm-hmm. between different people but then there's so much toxicity and like yeah. cancer that just like crawls in from under the deep that's what i meant earlier when i said we need to teach kids how to navigate these things and what are the negative effects of these things we need to teach them okay if you're using social media all the time this is the kind of negative effects that could have on you I mean now we're trying like uh, as like Netflix produce a documentary uh, social media something right like that kind of the social dilemma yeah the social dilemma I haven't watched it but I've heard, neither, yeah, it. I've heard a lot about it I've never watched it yeah just teach kids like how to what kind of negative effects that they have and the the image that they have on their social media like it's not who they really are who they really are is like what they are in person But like it's, it's getting like, likes and getting comments from people who you barely know doesn't really matter but it's very hard because social media taps into our primal like it taps into a primal psychology and it taps into something deeper than just you and me saying to a kid oh don't believe it you know mm-hmm. it's like you as a kid you're faced with like something that everyone does and everyone is a part of mm-hmm. and that everyone thinks is important and something that deep inside of you because of how it's designed inge- like engineered how because of that it it makes you feel like it's important and now we have a class teacher or like two guys like you and me on the podcast mm-hmm. saying that it's it's uh, wrong or like it's mm-hmm. you have to think it's like it's easy to say that we should have a class and like i wish it was as simple not just a class but i know like, that's I totally, like one of the parts I that totally we could agree. introduce yeah like i totally agree with yeah. like your whole point of view and i think that classes on this is something that's going to be a part of the future maybe just like, like very scared of like how little that covers it's like cuz yeah. you've been you've been to those classes when mm. they tell you something and it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. and it's like we're just sitting there and i'm like yo musa what you doing after lunch mm. like oh yeah, yeah, yeah you want to yeah. go yeah you want to go you want to go play ping pong or something yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it's like it doesn't connect at all like it, it's uh, and i mean i guess the kids should just eat it up you know Like it's, it's not our problem but yeah no. <laughs> no but also like not just like classes it could also be like parents just telling their kids and parents taking the measures like from childhood to make sure that while the while the kid is growing up they don't get into that whole trap of social media eventually they will but even if they do they kind of know that it's bad they don't really think oh it's just good as good oh, yeah. entertainment or whatever yeah i don't know man I think the parents of today like the people that have got kids 5 years ago and now <coughs> they're faced with like 
it's like they're the first. They're the, like they're the, the the test bunny. They're yeah. like the test rats. You yeah. know, they're like the lab. They're like a test subject. Because you and me, we will have at least one to two generations of parents that have had kids before us. If you decide to have kids. Mm. And I hope I will. But, like, we at least have, like, one or two people that we can be, like, look back to. And, like, what did you do with your kids and Facebook and, like, your mm. kids and smartphones? Yeah, but yeah. Like, yeah. The, the, imagine being a parent right now. Like, for example, uh, we have some coworkers. I'm not going to mention their name. They have kids. Yeah. And it's, like, right now, like, and they're, they're also a little bit late. I'm talking, like, people that have had kids like five years ago, like three years. Now now they're turning five years. So mm. now they're being introduced into the like, mm-hmm. sphere of like this bullshit that we're dealing with. And, or maybe maybe we're overcomplifying it, man. Kids are just going to be kids, man. Like they, Maybe like, they are better than at adapting it than we are because... No, they're... No, they're ex- that's, that's like the problem is that they're so good at adapting mm-hmm. is they will adapt to something that we didn't intend yeah. them to adapt to. And like... I mean, uh, it's gonna solve itself. The problem It's just maybe, maybe a hundred years from now, people will listen to this podcast and like look back and be like, "Oh, you dumb fucks!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're probably listening to now and saying, "Oh, th- what is this bullshit I'm listening to?" No, man, no, no, don't say that. <laughs> We're gonna be words of great wisdom. <laughs> don't cut the podcast off, Musa. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it rolling Keep until it rolling. they kick us the out. Biggest, yeah, like I mean, uh, no one's gonna kick us out. We're yeah, it's a hotel, so it's gonna you know, people live here twenty four seven. People that are listening to like to meet to go to do the podcast here today with Musa, like he tells me like yeah, this hotel. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dox Musa, but I'm not gonna say where he is. But he's like this hotel here. It's in the city. I show up. And My sister is calling me. It's a five-star hotel. <laughs> no, but I show up to a fancy hotel, and I'm I'm like scared to go inside because like I'm I'm wearing homeless people clothes, you know. <laughs> it's like a five-star hotel in the middle of the city, and Musa is there just talking to the the staff. And, I mean, owning, I, owning business. I mean, I could have just started the podcast on my phone, and you have your phone we're recording, but you know, I just want to have some content that's why you're no, but it's great this, this, i love this man I love it. yeah you might not have the parents but you have the perfect mind for this <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh thank you thank you but do you no, but i love this this, this is a great mm-hmm. this is great like a real studio and everything mm-hmm. do you like uh go back in your memories of your childhood when there was no social media you, you used to oh, play yeah. with your cousins and yeah, friends yeah. outside no, no, i remember i distinctly remember a time in school when i was about fifth grade so you're kind of like how old are you when you're in fifth grade you're about 11 12 yeah yeah but i remember where it was like facebook became a thing and like oh it was like a thing where like do you have facebook or do you not and it was like 50 50 like half the people had facebook and half the people didn't and then it was all the young people and i was i was very late on the train on facebook (laughs) it was like do you have facebook or not and everybody in school started getting facebook and it was like a young people thing. It mm-hmm. was only like school students and like university students. It was only like the young hip people that had it. And then two years, three years after that, like your mom got Facebook, <laughs> your dad got Facebook. And then suddenly it's like... Okay, Their dog has a Facebook. Yeah, no, that that came way later. <laughs> but I, I was, it was like at first it was almost like a forum for like you and your friends to just talk shit in <laughs> yeah. and then suddenly there is like oh now the president has facebook mm-hmm. he was like oh shit like this person has facebook like this and that and it was a weird time in a way but like it was like farmville times like when people used to play games on there it was like a whole life but 
Yeah, I remember the time before that as well. Like, I think it was uh, actually. But I'm now, not gonna say a better time. It was. Uh, yeah, it's hard to say if it was better or not when you don't even have something to the, compare. It I with. think the connection of social media mm-hmm. gives is actually really great. Right? Yeah, it's, it is. It's, it's it really is good. great. I mean, like mm-hmm. for example, you and me, we kept contact. Mm-hmm over the years even though it's like it's not like we hang out every single yeah. day it's not like we go out like hanging out mm. every friday yeah but then like we go to different countries i move out for two years but then like <laughs> i have this this guy on my instagram that's just posting depressing uh, <laughs> stories you know and then i'm like oh what's up and then boom now we're recording a podcast it's, yeah it's great i mean but there is a lot of pitfalls to it mm. i think it's a matter of adaptation, basically. But who's going to teach us that adap- adaptation? It's like a, no, no, an experience no, 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 thing. Muda, Muda, who's going to teach you what? Like, we are the scientists. Yeah. We're the ones collecting the data. We're like, the scientists. We're the and also, we're the lab rats at the same yeah, time. We're the lab rats and the scientists. Well, I mean, not me. I, I'm, I'm, only on the, I'm only on the fringe. Of you're just a silent observer on the side. No, not really. I mean, it's, it's kind of funny how you're... It's like now, even if you delete social media you're still a part of it. I don't know if that makes sense, but like I'm, I deleted all social media, but society is affected by it to such a degree where it doesn't matter whether you've deleted it or not. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more like, it's, it's not even the question if you're a part of it. It's more like, it's like, okay, so sure, you delete social media, so like those specific corporations can't gather this specific data on you or like you, these specific people can't get access to your information that easily. Believe it or not, like there isn't an escape from this. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the only the only real escape from this is like, yeah, you could you could move out to the like to the Alaska, Alaska <laughs> yeah. to Siberia, to like some r- extremely rural place and just disconnect completely. Mm-hmm. And like, there are places like that. Yeah, there is yeah. a place in Greece for Orthodox Christians. Shout out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, in a way, like if you're living in a big city, it's like you one way or another you're still connected to it like it's there's no not really and that's the future if if the whole world doesn't go under that's that's the future like the connection and that's interesting what elon musk is doing with the neural link yeah like i mean he's i mean if it might be just a media farce like it's just a bullshit media but if he does find a way to make us interact with technology with more than just Mm -hmm. our thumbs no, it's quite scary because have you? I don't know if you were a part of it, but when I was a little kid, there was a show on TV. Uh, I think it was like Top Gear or some car show, and I remember I was like, I was a little little kid, like I wasn't maybe wasn't even in school, like I was like four years old, five years old, and I remember seeing on TV GPS. It was like a whole program, like uh, on GPS, and it was a guy driving through like Europe or like driving through, like he was taking a long road trip all by himself and he's like he he starts the program with like i'm going to drive from here to here and i'm gonna be all on my all all on my own with no maps except i will have and he goes like i'll have diana and emma and but and the thing is he has like four gps systems and it was at the time when like those car gps systems that you could have in your car was like just coming up so one of them was like super expensive and he had like the top brands in the whole industry and, he, and when I saw that on TV, like when I was four years old, because me and my family, when we take a road trip, 
I'd have to hold a big ass map on my lap <laughs> and I would like have to learn how to read maps like we're on this road we're going to point A from point B therefore we have to take this turn like it's like you have to like read a physical map you have to find out where you are on the map by using like road signs and yeah. whatever and now I'm like looking at this guy he has a computer that tells him like where to go and I remember that and I, I thought to myself like this technology is so crazy what sorcery is this yeah, and I thought to myself like my family like we're not the, we're not super rich like this technology is so advanced that we're probably never gonna have it in our car we're gonna keep using maps mm. it's like every person on the street has a GPS in their phone that's more advanced than the one I saw on TV when I was a kid mm. like everyone has you don't even have to have a GPS just have a shitty smartphone mm. you can have an old iPhone an old uh, Samsung that has a GPS that's yeah, more yeah, capable yeah. than the GPS is back in the day. Yeah. Isn't that scary? Like, how quickly <laughs> it goes, like, the technology. Yeah, and it's amazing. <clears throat> it's, it's mind-boggling how awesome it is and how, in a way, how awesome and how dangerous. How dangerous as well, yeah. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when it's going to happen that we're going to be totally emerged with the technology. Like, uh, I think it was Elon Musk who said that we're already cyborgs because nobody can live without phones right now. Like, you have your home. That's uh, the idea. That's the idea. Yeah. But, I mean, there, there is, uh, I can strongly critique against that as well because we're basically cyborgs, but it only takes a month to become a caveman as well. Yeah, yeah. It's like the distance between you and a caveman is much shorter than people realize like people think of themselves as civilized but it takes a month man and you're back you remember the the month where it wasn't even a month it was a week where people went crazy for toilet paper like they became it's savages corona, yeah. yeah they became savages in like that's, an instant that's also, there was also a media thing I think a lot of media bought it up because it was such a sexy story to sell. Like, but it was uh, everywhere. Like, it, it was never, an I actual never, thing. I never experienced Not in Sweden, also, but yeah, it was like in America and uh, Australia, they were completely out. It's very strange to me. I never... But people are people. Like, you can't change our mindset and our, like, human nature, which is came from cavemen. Yeah, that's for sure. I think we should end this now. I mean, yeah, yeah you're, the, you're the host. Yeah, one hour, 45 minutes. Well, it was really awesome having you on as Dude, a it's podcast. Great. It's great being here, man. I had, I had a good time. I thought I was, was going to be I thought I was going to be nervous. No, I, I'm just talking shit here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I've been nervous all day to start this, but this has been really great. And thank you everyone for listening. I'll see you in the next episode. Peace be upon you all. Bye-bye.